0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When pastor asked me if I could uh, speak tonight, knowing that I had three- and four-year-old class this morning, I thought that it would be really simple to just deliver the same message. Fortunately, after about two minutes of that message, those kids were running around and I felt like maybe I wouldn't get much better response up here. So I'm thankful that the Lord has given me a word, I hope, for tonight. I'm thankful for what God's done and Brother Brian started to get into my message, but I'm very grateful, you know, for the ministry team, for our pastor. For all those who, like Brother Enos, taught me, search for truth. For so many that were willing to sow into me the things of the Lord. So if you would stand with me tonight. I do come from a Catholic background. When the priest is up there for a homily that lasts beyond ten minutes, they start to look at their watch start to get a lot of hands, so I will be brief tonight, but I'm thankful for what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. If you'll turn to 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 11, the word of the Lord reads, and the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom. And all his household. And with the help of the Holy Ghost, I hope to minister tonight by a simple thought, an arc encounter. If you would put your Bibles down, lift the hand of the Lord and pray that maybe some of that anointing that Pastor ministers through would possibly hit my lips tonight. Lord, I pray that you would bind all indifference, Lord, that you'd bind all doubt, that you'd bind all distraction, Lord Jesus, any obstacle, Lord, that would prevent your word from going forth, Lord Jesus, and finding fertile soil. Pray, Lord, that your spirit would have free course tonight, Lord Jesus. Give me, Lord Jesus, a clear thought, Lord Jesus, a clear mind, Lord Jesus, and clear speech, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, that somebody, Lord Jesus, would have an encounter with your presence tonight, Lord, and leave, Lord Jesus, changed as you've changed me. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus, you may be seated. It's a little overwhelming to stand up here and be in a Sunday night and knowing that pastor's been out of town. I Maybe selfishly hope for a little bit smaller crowd, but I'm very thankful for the faithful saints of First Apostolic Church. From the onset of my message, I wanted to say how thankful I am for this church. When my wife and I moved up here, she was backslidden. Came to First Apostolic Church, had two kids, (laughs) maybe not the same complexity, (laughs) no husband. And I'm just thankful that when she came to the First Apostolic Church, she was welcomed by the love of the Father and not by the spirit of the elder brother think back and I'm thankful because when I consider, you know, a young lady and the fear and maybe the shame that the devil would try and exalt in her life and as I said, I'm just thankful that, that she came to this place and that she met the Lord. I'm thankful for the power of God that was in First Apostolic Church the first time I came. I've shared a little of my testimony, but you know, the night before, my wife had, uh, you know, mentioned the thought of moving back to Florida with the kids. And so, The first time I walked in, you know, the problems, they weren't apparent. You know, there was no drug addiction. There was no financial crisis. But there was a great need. There was a great problem that existed in our marriage and in my heart. And I'm thankful for the first message I heard Pastor preach when he spoke about grace And how where sin once abound, the grace of God does much more abound. (laughs) And I felt, (laughs) I felt a feeling that day and a tear run down my eye. And being a man who, you know, doesn't have issues, you know, in my own mind, very prideful and self-righteous. I said, what is this feeling Said so the only time I remember feeling this is when Rudy came off the left end, and sacked that Georgia Tech quarterback. Said so there's just something in this place, and it's different. <laughs> and, <I laughs> and the biggest argument that we had had was my smoking, and my lying about it. <laughs> And after that encounter, (laughs) and leaving that day, it's been over five years, and I haven't smoked a cigarette. (laughs) Because I had an encounter that day. (laughs) I had an encounter with the Lord and the presence of the Lord. And my household was blessed. I remember coming out of the Catholic Church. And in the Catholic Church. If they can associate two miracles. To your name. And somebody raises several million dollars to give to the church. They'll make you a saint. And so. Miracles weren't all that normal in my life. But I came here and. I sat through services, and I heard about a man who was declared brain dead with (laughs) the neurons in his brain were moving so slowly that the doctor said that he'd probably never walk and that he would be dependent on others. (laughs) And to my surprise, the man was... (laughs) running up and down aisles and (laughs) shouting and high-fiving. And in the weeks following, you know, Sister Waver testifies of her cancer being wiped clean in a dream and working in ophthalmology in eye care. You know, I was familiar with the eyes. I'm familiar with procedures. I'm familiar with treatment plans and I see a lady, Karen Semsprot, come in and she's got a walking cane and she's got glasses on and, you know, you find out she had very severe diabetic retinopathy and they did a laser procedure that's designed to just kill the retina and just prevent bleeding but not save any vision and I remember the night pastor said, "Let's pray for Sister Karen Semspro, and the church prayed, and two or three weeks later <laughs> I see her come in, and she's driven herself, and the Lord's opened her blinded eyes and <laughs> and she's here tonight and <laughs> and so I'm just I was. Blown away, blown away by this power. I was blown away by this word. You know I wasn't in the church I came from they read the same word yearly and every year you got two readings and you got a gospel and there wasn't much power and to be honest like maybe some of the youth here tonight, I, I, I didn't have great focus on, on what even was being read. So when I started to dig into the Word, and I started to understand that God didn't delegate the crucifixion to a son, when I started to understand that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, And when I started to understand that in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And that he put on flesh. And that he came to this earth. And he suffered. And he was betrayed. And he was mocked. And he was beaten. And he was stripped naked before his own creation. And that he had done those things for me. A propitiation for my sin. And the mistakes I had made. (laughs) I had an encounter with the Lord of glory. And I learned that the veil had been torn. In the Catholic Church, you go to the priest. And you take him your sins and you light candles before the Virgin Mary and you depend on others to intercede for you. But when I learned that the veil was torn, (laughs) that his sacrifice made a way for me to enter into the throne room, for me to take my needs, (laughs) I had an encounter I had an encounter with the Most High but my mind maybe wasn't made up (laughs) I wasn't sure that it was necessary to be re-baptized I wasn't sure that it was going to make a difference. <laughs> but my wife went on a 40-day fast. And during those 40 days, the Lord began to minister. And I started to see things in the scriptures about how when Adam and Eve and Eve were kicked out of the garden... There was an angel there with a sword of fire, and there was a river. And I started to see this revelation that you had to pass through the water and fire to get back to that yeah. heavenly place. I started to see where, if I was going to live, this promise that I was going to have to leave Egypt and pass through the waters and watch the things of my past get drowned. Into his name, and it's funny because the night before I had told my wife, you know, I know that you're fasting. I know that you're what your intentions are, but I just don't plan on being rebaptized. And and then it was preached about Noah and how he saved his family through the water and in first Peter where it said that in like manner is baptism today and the, la- <laughs> the last thought that kept me from the altar was I just wonder if they got a baptismal gown that's gonna fit me <laughs> and maybe there's somebody out there today where you know, pride or self-righteousness or some silly concern that the devil's raised has kept you. But I remember going down in the water. <laughs> in Jesus' name. <laughs> and I remember coming up, and all of a sudden, perversion that was in my mind was gone.) <laughs> <laughs> I never really intended to, to maybe have children and, and, and you know when your kids are acting up and you're used to having order and control you know there was times when I would just kind of just go crazy and, and, and when I came out of those waters there was kindness and there was gentleness and there was meekness that had replaced that anger there were nights I didn't sleep because of work, and, and that anxiety was taken, and I just started to realize that these promises are true, and I sought after the Holy Ghost, and I met one Saturday with Brother Brian, and I was scheduled to be at a trade show in Kentucky, and I just, I felt the Lord saying, just skip the trade show. And head on over to men's prayer. I'm going to encourage men to attend men's prayer. To give the Lord the first fruits of your weekend. To put the world behind and prepare yourself and your family for a weekend in the house of the Lord. But we met that day and Brother Brian shared the bread of life, and the living water with me. and Pastors told the story several times. That night I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And I just had an encounter, an understanding that a gift that I'm certainly not worthy of (laughs) was given freely to me. So I, I'm thankful for that encounter. I'm thankful for what Brother Brian testified of, of an understanding of this. I share oftentimes, it's not of a bad nature that I question some things, but I just when I think about what the Lord's done for me and the promises just can't understand why people so close to it don't want to just grab it and receive it. But when we look to the scriptures, there was different encounters with the ark. The Philistines had captured the ark and they took it back and the lord smote them with tumors and with rats and the philistines had had their fill they realized that the presence of god amongst his enemies doesn't fare so well for his enemies and so they put him they put the ark on two milk cows and the milk cows carried the ark back to a town of bethshemesh and the people of bethshemesh didn't know how to handle the ark, and so they opened it, and the Lord smote 50,000 men. But maybe the most troubling encounter of the ark is with Uzzah, and I want to focus on Uzzah. 1 Samuel chapter 7 tells us that the ark was in Abimadad's house 20 years And Abimadad was a Levite. He understood the things of God and he understood the ark and the statutes of the ark. So when King David came to retrieve the ark from Abimadad's house and return it to Jerusalem, we see this story that the the Bible says it even terrified David of the Lord that day. Because as the cart slipped Uzzah, who was the son of Abimedab, he reached out to steady the cart and the Lord had smote him. Because the ark was holy. The ark was intended to be handled only with poles that went through the golden rings that were on each corner of the ark. But something must have happened over a 20-year period of having the presence of the Almighty God in his house. Something in Uzzah's mind said, I can lay my hands on something holy and ignore the statute of the Lord. The ark became common. became something of maybe a ritual or a habit to be in its presence. Dictionary.com calls a habit an acquired behavior or pattern regularly followed until it has almost become involuntary or a particular practice or custom. My question tonight to the faithful saints of FAC Is has the presence of God in this house become common to us? Have we lost the apostolic purpose and moved towards operating by habit or custom? Have we grown accustomed to being able to come in here and worship the Lord freely without persecution? but maybe forgotten who it was we were worshiping. There's times when the worship service, I'm not feeling anything. and Maybe I have issues, you know, at work or at home. And I think about the Lord, the Most High, the Almighty, the Prince of Peace, And I think about how he travels the earth constantly answering the prayers of his people. And maybe from the time I wake up on Sunday to the time I get to the worship service, maybe I haven't felt anything, but but I'm sure God has moved in somebody's life. I'm sure that there's a teenager on the brink of suicide or a mother or a father thinking about abandoning their child and I think about that spirit of the Lord moving I think about his love and his compassion and his mercy I don't want to grow accustomed to his presence and what he's done I don't want to grow lazy in my walk with God. Like Brother Dave said, I don't want to elevate other things to an equal status with the Most High. Have we grown so accustomed? the presence and the promises of God that were no longer open to the statutes and the instructions of his word. It's amazing to me in the New Testament 30 to 40 years after eyewitnesses watched Jesus open the blind eye and heal the lame and Make a show openly of sin and temptation and disease. That just 30 to 40 years, Paul's telling the Corinthians and the, the Hebrews that instead of being able to feed them solid food, he's having to still deliver milk. He warns Timothy of perilous times that will come when men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. He warns Titus. He says, rebuke them sharply that they might be sound in the faith, not giving need to Jewish fables or commandments of men that turn from the truth. He said, they'll profess to know God, but in works, they'll deny him. Is it okay if pastor delivers a word that rebukes my flesh? Is it okay if an elder comes and questions a decision in my lifestyle or a commitment of my free time? How important is heaven? <laughs> the Lord chasteneth who He loves. And I'm open to rebuke and reproof if it means one day I'm going to be in heaven with my wife and my children. verse I read of scripture, we have Obed-Edom who's a Gittite, he's from Gath similar to Goliath he's had no communion with God, he's had no promises read to him his word his name Obed-Edom means servant of Edom or servant of the flesh. (laughs) So thankful for the Lord. We see the ark left in his presence and we see that the Bible says his house was blessed for three months when it's there. And Obed-Edom has such an encounter with the glory of God and his blessing that he picks up and he moves everything to Jerusalem with David. And we see in Chronicles where they're calling out roles and responsibilities within the church. And they need a watchman for the temple and Obed-Edom raises his hand and says, I'll do anything to serve this God. They needed musicians to play the psaltery. And Obed-Edom raised his hand and he said, I'll do anything to be in this presence. They needed porters. And Obed-Edom volunteered again. I don't believe that the Lord comes to save you and bless you just for you to have a casual walk with him. I think there's a call to service in his temple. There's a call to faithfulness. Having said that children wasn't exactly what I drew in my coloring book. When I was a kid, you know, Brother Brian mentioned that I'm serving in Sunday school when I'm coming, and it's a blessing to see three and four-year-olds, and mom and dad are bringing them, or grandma and grandpa are bringing them, and Forever short a time, you know, the TV's off or the rap music's off and they get in a chance to encounter the God of creation. They get a chance to hear about a God who will never abandon or forsaken them. but I didn't see it that way. I saw 18 three and four year olds that all needed to be spanked real good. (laughs) But as the Lord does, and for some people they get great revelation, for me the Lord just always seems to rebuke me and kind of set my flesh straight. He said, you pray to see my glory Serving me is where you'll see my glory. (laughs) And I'll tell you, it's a blessing to be down there. There's times I'm up here Sunday morning and my flesh gets to looking around and I just say, put me back down there. Put me back down there. I want to sow into these young lives. I don't want them to grow up like I did not knowing the truth, not knowing about the Abba Father. But it's an encounter that I've had that I long for others to have. didn't grow up in church in this church <laughs> I grew up in a church that's for sure I have no friends that are saved I have no family that's saved not even hardly an acquaintance There's times in prayer where I can imagine them standing on a day of judgment husband a wife kids of a certain age and there's a holy god who has to divide and i picture them being sent to an eternal torment There's other times when I pray and I can see pictures in my mind of my family members. And they've got their arms raised. (laughs) They're repenting before the Lord. They're being filled with his spirit. And they're going down in his name. And they're having their names written in the Lamb's book of life. And they're having an encounter with the presence of the Almighty. When I read in scripture about the Ark of the Covenant, there's three items that are in it. There's Aaron's rod that budded. It represented the miraculous. It represented authority. It represented Aaron and Moses and the Levites being chosen and set aside, a peculiar people, a chosen generation. It had the Ten Commandments and it had a jar of manna. And I believe that when we repent and when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, we become that ark. We have the authority and the dominion like Brother Fazel talked about this morning. We have the ability to command the miraculous in the name of the Lord. We receive power from the Holy Ghost to overcome sin and temptation And we have the word in us, that manna. So my question for the faithful tonight is twofold. When was your last encounter with the ark? And what do people encounter when they come in contact with us? I haven't been in this faith long, but I'm thankful for podcasts and preaching and elders. They tell stories of week-long revivals, two- and three-week revivals. They tell of all-night prayer meetings. Tell about all day Sunday church, where maybe it didn't matter what time the Bengals kicked off. Tell stories about sacrifice. They tell stories about the power of God. I grew up about. 200 yards from where the old building was at First Apostolic Church. When I was born, my first, second, and third year of life was there at Twin Pines Apartment Buildings behind the Esther Price candy store. No, I wasn't fed too much candy as a baby. My mom thought it said candles, so she never went in. <sighs> But I imagine the old saints of the church praying, praying for that neighborhood, maybe passing by and praying for that apartment building, praying that the Lord would bring someone out and reveal himself. And so I can't help but want to be a part of those days. Be a part of that power. I want to be able to walk up through prayer and fasting in the power of the name of Jesus. Take dominion over the sins in my family's life. Hmm. I want to be able to walk up in Kroger's to an old friend and not have words of man's wisdom, but have the power of the Holy Ghost move through me. I want to experience Azusa Street. where businessmen would come to mock. But by the time they got too close to the altar, the power of God would just drop them in the dirt. (laughs) Everybody keeps telling me God's not changed, and I believe it. find a prayer ministry like G.A. Mangan <laughs> where you have a need in the church and you're able to walk in and a businessman just looks at you and says, my God, man there's a halo covering your face. That's the power that we have. That's the power that's here for us. that's the encounter that people need to have. I'm not here to offend anyone but when my family or my friends come. They don't need an Easter egg hunt or the Easter bunny. Their churches they do those things just fine. I need a prayer warrior to be able to walk up and say, I was tarrying in prayer last night and I saw your face. The Lord told me to tell you that he's going to restore your marriage. He's going to heal your son's heart. going to set free your addicted child. When people come in here, they need to have that encounter. An encounter with the ark of promise. Something that follows them home. something that blesses their household, something that when when this old sin or temptation or friend comes around, they're able to just say to that sin, where sin once abound, the grace of God does much more abound. As Brother Enos said, (laughs) I I don't have authority to set anyone straight, but I just wanted to share what's on my heart tonight. I had success in business. Came from a fairly well-off home. didn't have major issues. But when I came in here, my soul was lost. My marriage was in ruin. My heart was desperately wicked. And if the musicians would come, I'm closing. I remember when the Holy Ghost came upon me and I sat there and I pondered, was there any greater experience, was there any place I'd rather be? Was there any other God that could offer such a powerful presence and blessing in my life? And the answer was obviously no. Sometimes when I think about the things the Lord has done, Sometimes it makes me want to dance, dance, dance all night, (laughs) but other times I'm just in awe of a savior, of a God who has all power, who is the beginning and the ending. I don't think, although I know I have worth and value in his eyes, I can't think that he saved me just for me. I think about Jake, and I think about Tommy. I think about if my marriage wasn't restored, how the prettiest little girl in this church, my little sweetie, wouldn't even exist. And I'm just humbled to be able to even enter in. Dave. Dave. Brother Dave read the scriptures. You know, the stars in the sky, the sun and the moon Every living being he controls. And they worship him. I think I owe him more than... I owe him more than the Wednesday and the Sunday services. I owe him more than a tenth of... I increase, I owe Him more than to be hurt or offended when my flesh has to be set straight. The city of Blue Ash in Montgomery and Kenwood has a lot of people a similar background, with needs maybe that they don't know of, and I want when they enter into First Apostolic Church (laughs) that that they leave the same way I did the first day. What was that that I encountered? sitting the God they've been telling me about. It's an awesome God. Does anyone have lost loved ones? Unsaved family? backslidden children, husbands or wives, I'd ask tonight if you'd bind together with me as we navigate through these last days and we move back to that old time religion. Prayer and fasting and serving God. Maybe take precedent over some of the other things we've elevated. Where we come in here on Sunday, we let His presence and His power move through us, the faithful. when prodigals return there's no judgment there's no gossip there's no questioning there's just a love and a compassion and a mercy that flows through us so that somebody else somebody else's reprobate husband can have an encounter the presence of God. That I can't contain, that I can't control, because I want more of you, God. I want more. Of